Hi there, Jody here. This is officially my first episode. I have really been going back and forth over the last week with where to start. I have so much to talk about and so much to share, but ultimately I kind of came to the conclusion I feel I need to start with my story. This will perhaps be the most difficult podcast to record, not because it's my very first, but because it's so very difficult to recall and remember this time in my life. However difficult this can be, it's important. And I feel I need to tell this story as the beginning of my podcast, how I came to this point in my life, what happened to bring me here. Um, I've journaled about it, I've spoke about it, and I've retold this story so many times, but it never gets easier. In the early days, it helped me to actually believe that it really happened. And that's something for sure that I will talk all about in another episode. If you are here because you are grieving, please know how deeply sorry I am. I truly hope that my podcast will speak to you and perhaps in some small way offer you a path towards your healing. Okay, so here's my story or a little snapshot of who I am. I grew up in southwestern Ontario, the youngest child to Rudy and Anne Vinay. I have three siblings, Randy, Kim, and Tracy. Uh, My childhood was far from easy. My mother was an alcoholic who divorced my father and left when I was 10. I married very young and had three beautiful children, Sophia, Samantha, and Clark. My relationship with my mother was tumultuous to say the least. She died of liver cancer when I was 32. It was the second massive loss that I had experienced. The first being my childhood friend who was killed by a drunk driver when we were teens. My mother's death completely shook me. I was shocked that my despair and devastation was so deep. I came to the realization that perhaps I was mourning the loss of the relationship that I never had and always desperately wanted. I struggled and trudged my way through my grief the best I could. Uh, Looking back, I wish that I had done more to honor my grief and put that grief work in to help me move towards healing. I mentioned grief work, which we will definitely talk much more about. Um, It's something that you definitely need to have as part of your healing. It's necessary and it's required. So my life carried on and I threw myself into being the best mom that I could be to Sophia, Samantha and Clark. Now for the absolute heart-wrenching, soul-shattering, complete life-changing event that happened to my family. My daughter Sophia was diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma. She was 15 and it was stage four. We were offered palliative care or an intense one-year protocol consisting of 10 different chemotherapies, starting with six weeks of radiation treatment every day, all while starting chemo. The cancer was found as a tumor behind her left eye and sinus cavity. The day after the disclosure meeting, treatment started. 
I should mention, obviously, palliative care was not an option. Uh, It was not even considered. We were told that this protocol was extreme. It was referred to as the big guns. The chemotherapies that Sophia received were mostly all inpatient as she needed tests to monitor her heart and they were all administered over five to 10 days through her port. Sophia needed blood and platelet transfusions, usually after every single round. And on a rare occasion, Sophia would get to come home, generally just for a couple of days. Uh, We lived about an hour and a half away from the hospital where Sophia received all of her treatment, but we were able to have blood work done in our hometown. Unfortunately, often we would get home, she would do the blood work, and we would be called back to the hospital for a transfusion. A few months after starting treatment, Sophia had her second surgery, the first being her port, of course. She had surgery for a G-tube, which is a feeding tube. So similar to a port, but directly to her stomach. The radiation had caused severe damage and burn to her eye and sinus area, making it impossible to try a feeding tube through her nose. The G-tube always was difficult. Uh, Sophia's very weak body just seemed to resist and attack this foreign method of nutrition. And there were many, many complications. The radiation burn was horrific to deal with. Sophia's left eye was so damaged and painful, it was just extremely difficult to even see out of. This introduced more specialists, medications, trial and error, and just plain suffering. One of the worst was one of the chemotherapies caused something called radiation recall. I'm not sure I could possibly put into words what this was like. Hours after this chemo was started, uh, it was a five-day round, I believe, the burn to Sophia's eye and nose would flare up. Seeing your child go through this, honestly, is hell. There's really no other way to describe it. I wanted to trade places with her. I would run these extreme stories in my head that I would cut my legs and arms off if Sophia could stop suffering and be cured. There literally was nothing that I wouldn't do. Nothing. Throughout all of this, Sophia's spirit and drive were never broken. She handled this all in the most tenacious, courageous, humble, incredibly brave way. I often marveled at her strength and was in complete awe of how this child, this 15-year-old girl who had her life just completely uprooted and turned upside down, would stay so positive, never complaining, always thinking about others. She truly was my brave warrior. She marched on even during the toughest days. Sometimes I would think about how I would handle this if it were me. I wouldn't be nearly as brave and courageous as Sophia. Nearly nine months into this treacherous treatment, Sophia's body seemed to be responding. The radiation had shrunk the tumor and we were filled with so much hope. Although we still seem to always be having setbacks such as emergency transfusions, G-tube infections, and horrific reactions to the different chemotherapies, we were determined that this cancer was being kicked to the curb. In the spring of 2014, all of my hopes of remission and recovery were ripped away. Sophia had begun having severe, debilitating headaches. 
As I so often did, I spoke with one of the oncologists on Sophia's team. They told me to bring her in. Sophia was scheduled to receive a round of chemo that day. We went to the day unit where nurses access the children's ports and prepare to admit the children who are receiving inpatient chemo. And one of the oncologists there examined Sophia before she went upstairs to her room. She spent a lot of time looking into Sophia's eyes. This had me very worried. Sophia was in extreme pain and was sent upstairs not to begin chemo, but to manage the pain that she was in and wait for an MRI. I could not breathe. I knew this was bad. I knew this was really bad. One of Sophia's many amazing nurses stayed with us while we administered morphine and worked so hard on gaining control over this pain. Eventually, Sophia was able to go to imaging. I'll never forget this day. She pleaded with me not to come into the room because the MRI was so loud (laughs) and telling me, it's okay, mom, everything is okay. Calming me down and reassuring me that everything was gonna be all right. Of course I went in. The entire time Sophia was in the machine, I rocked on a chair in the corner, pleading and begging, please, please, please let her be okay. I'll do anything, truly anything for her to be okay. Please let us go upstairs, begin this round of chemo. We are in the home stretch, just a few short months away, begging and pleading. Back in her hospital room later that afternoon, Sophia was trying to rest. There was a soft knock at her door and it was our treatment manager, the nurse who oversees Sophia's care. She quietly asked to speak to me in private. I kissed Sophia's head and told her that I'd be right back. I followed her down the hallway. I felt like I was floating. She stopped in front of a door labeled quiet room. When I entered, I felt my heart stop. Sophia's main oncologist, her case manager, and social worker were all there looking at me. They were looking at me with the saddest eyes. Without anyone saying anything at all, I knew right then and there, Sophia was dying. You see, I had never let my brain go there, never. I was asked to sit. The doctor then relayed the finding of the MRI. The cancer had spread to the membrane surrounding Sophia's brain. I was told she had approximately six weeks to live. At this time, I cannot really describe or even fully recall what happened. I do remember screaming and crying and repeating, but she's such a good girl. She's such a good girl. She's such a good girl. I'll never forget returning to Sophia's room that day. I knew I'd been gone too long. Sophia looked at me with question in her eyes. I'm sure my eyes were puffy and swollen. I couldn't tell her. I wouldn't tell her. Not that day. I decided this wasn't it. This was not over. I emailed, I called, I begged. There has to be a trial period somewhere. There has to be, somehow. I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything. I was told that Sophia was not a candidate for a trial. 
and then I got a call from Toronto Sick Kids Hospital. There was a trial that she might qualify for. They stressed to me that it was not curative. This would not save my daughter's life. I was desperate for anything. Honestly, when your child is dying, you will literally do whatever it takes, whatever you can to save them. Even if you hear the words not curative, even if you hear the words not a candidate, you will go for it. We made arrangements for my other two children to stay with friends as we packed Sophia up for the three hour drive to Toronto. At this time, Sophia was in a great deal of pain. She had a morphine pump and pain patches. Even with all of this, we still felt we were always chasing her pain. She began having small seizures as well. A few minutes on the highway and Sophia had a seizure. She was so sick and uncomfortable. I had to have a conversation with myself at this moment. That was definitely one of the toughest ones that I've ever had. I knew that there was a huge chance that we would arrive in Toronto only to find out that Sophia was not a candidate and we would be admitted into a hospital hours away from her sister and brother, all of her friends and our family. It was at this moment that I let the P word creep into my mind. The hated word that I never allowed myself to whisper. Palliative. We turned around and returned home, where we would spend the next few weeks trying our best to keep Sophia comfortable. We had a hospital bed delivered to our house and set up in our living room. We went on a small trip together to see the Lion King. We tried our best to make memorable moments and get in as many I love yous as possible. On June 6th, 2014, at 11.11 a.m., this horrible disease took Sophia's life. This was the worst day of my life. What happened hereafter is what I will divulge to you as I work through episodes, touching on all of my grief journey thus far. The good, the bad, and yes, the ugly. On June 6th, my life and who I was changed forever. I will share with you my personal journey, what has helped and what hasn't, and what I am continually working towards. I will leave you with this. We are all unique in our grief journey. Grief is not linear. Please be kind to yourself and honor your grief because my friends, there is no way around it, just through it.